0: Hello and welcome to MediaCast, the podcast series from Mediabrief.com. I'm your host and friend Pawan Chavla and with me today is Chandramohan Parlapalli, co-founder and COO of Preludes. Chandramohan is also fondly addressed as BC by his friends, but I'll call him Chandramohan. Chandramohan, welcome to MediaCast.
1: Hi Pawan, thanks for having me uh, as part of your podcast. Thank you very much and uh, let's go from here.
0: You're most welcome, Chandramon, and thank you for uh, being a part of MediaCast from MediaBeef.com. You've joined us all the way from Indianapolis and uh, virtually thank God for virtual connections. But thanks also to Sukhada Deshpande from Perfect Relations for having made this interaction possible. So, Chandramon, before we start this conversation and get to the business end of it, I just want to quickly tell my people, my listeners about Preludes and about you. preludes is a certified great place to work. is a leading technology service provider specializing in digital transformation, enterprise application integration, and business process services. It was founded way back in 1998, and Prelutes is a CMMI Level Three and ISO 9001:2008 certified organization with offices in Irvine, California, which is the global headquarters, Austin, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, Chennai, India, and Dubai, UAE. Chandramohan has been a key member of the Preludes' core team since 2003. Prior to that, he held diverse senior executive roles both in the US and India before he became COO of Preludes. These include Enterprise Data Systems, American Stores, Farmers Insurance Group and Ernst & Young. With more than 25 years of experience in the information technology service industry, Chandramohan drives Preludes' growth through operational efficiency and people processes. Chandramon holds a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from Annamala University and a master's degree in chemical engineering from Anna University. He's also a passionate long-distance runner. I asked him and he said he hadn't run today. But of course, he's a a wonderful fitness enthusiast also. Chandramohan likes travelling and cooking, especially his experiments to recreate authentic street food that he enjoyed while growing up in India. As part of giving back to the community, Chandramohan assists various charitable NGOs. He was born in India, in Chennai, and Chandramohan now lives in Carmel, Indianapolis. So, that was my little introduction of you, Chandramohan. Let's get on quickly to the business end of this conversation.
1: Okay. Thank you very much for the wonderful introduction, Pavan
0: So, Chandramohan, uh, I think I'm going to open with asking you to tell us about PreludeSys. What does it offer to its customers?
1: PreludeSys is an IT and IT-enabled services company. Like you mentioned, uh, we are in the digital transformation phase. So, um, as part of the digital transformation, uh, we kind of offer enterprise integration as a service. Well, when I say enterprise integration, right? So as the organizations grow, they kind of acquire a lot of software applications and then they don't talk to each other properly basically. So there is a lot of work that needs to be done to move data from here, one application to another application and things like that. Mm. So we kind of specialize in the space to kind of come in and then integrate those applications so that the the applications within an organization can seamlessly communicate with each other. That's one of the uh, uh, offerings that we have. Mm. Then data analytics space, right? So um, right now, a lot of intelligence is required to make business decisions, basically. Okay. So a lot of data is available. So a uh, lot of business have have kind of collected data for like few decades and all of that stuff and also they want to make some decisions based on the history based on what happened the recent history or or even a little bit behind okay so for that the data and analytics is where we take all the data that is available and then we kind of analyze the data to give some intelligence so that either the executives can take some decisions, or sometimes even, for example, in a retail space, right, the uh, marketing manager who wants to order, say, for example, certain items based on the intelligence we provide using the data so they can take a decision, hey, for this week, I need to order so so many of uh, X basically based on the data that we have given. So that kind of um, intelligence is provided. Okay. So the the data analytics space. We do dashboarding for the C-level executives so that car, the C-level executives know, hey, how are we performing on a day-to-day basis? And also to the floor level managers to kind of run their operations very smartly and efficient. So that's on the data analytics space. Hmm. To run all of these, right, there are multiple tools that are there and then we kind of um, have expertise in few of the tools. That we kind of uh, offer to our customers and then we kind of uh, uh, offer solutions uh, for them. Hmm. Then, when it comes to software as a service, so cloud became big. When I say cloud, um, people used to uh, have computer in their office and then they used to kind of have software built and uh, stored in their office, basically, and then use them for their operations. Hmm. Things have changed, few, uh, I would say, a few decades ago where um, the applications need not be hosted in your office, basically. You can host them elsewhere and then kind of use them across the globe if, if need be. So uh, from that perspective, the uh, companies like Salesforce, uh, Microsoft, Oracle, all of them, right? They moved their on-prem applications, so-called on-prem applications to cloud, uh, whereas companies like Salesforce started in cloud itself. So, when that happened, we were looking out how to, uh, we need to service the customers. Uh, so, customers need uh, um, uh, application uh, maintenance and enhancement of these cloud applications. So, that's where we kind of innovated and then came about a concept called software as a service, basically, which we also call it on-demand service model.
0: Right. So, Chandraman, what is the number of clients you have? Or before that, let's just go back to something, okay, which is, You started Preludes in, I think, 1998 or the company came into being in 1998 and uh, what has been the growth ever since, you know, just rattle off these uh, four or five services that you just mentioned, one, two, three, four, five, software as a service, etc, etc. And then give us some information on how you've grown over these years.
1: When we, uh, we start off in uh, 1998 hmm. and uh, when it comes to growth, right, there are multiple ways to look at growth. One could be the headcount growth. One would be um, the growth on growth uh, uh, from the revenue perspective and all of that stuff. Mm. So, we, uh, from the headcount perspective, we are like uh, almost a thousand people company right now. Okay. So, um, we have uh, close to uh, 200 people in US and then roughly around 800 plus people in uh, India. India. Mm. And um, we grow pretty fast during the first uh, couple of, uh, initially it was a headcount game basically when we started. Mm. So, you need to have people to uh, be in IT business, then change from the headcount game to a, uh, what should I call a value game. So so they would hire you if there is value or if there is a service that you're providing that is very, very close to what the customer wants. Hmm. So uh, we provided these uh, services as part of the digital transformation space, uh, data analytics, enterprise integration, and also software as a service.
0: Lovely. So... From the initial days till today, you've come up to about a thousand headcount. Uh, what is the market share of Preludes uh, in its space, let's say, in India? Who are your main competitors and how many clients do you have in India?
1: Preludes is market share, right? When we talk about market share, we are a small to medium enterprise, basically. Hmm. We have a very small piece of the $3 trillion IT services industry that India has so but again uh, we have been growing consistently that's more consistent and then that's what we are actually uh, focusing on uh, growth Hmm. and whatever has happened in the last few years uh, we see that we will grow at a pace of at least 30 35 percent year on year in the next three to five years so that's um, Hmm. uh, that's a point that i would like to uh, mention here Hmm.
0: who are your main competitors in india
1: so main competitors in India, so we kind of uh, uh, go head on head with all sizes of the companies based on what we provide. So in the places where we provide value services, for example, uh, for Salesforce and Dynamics where we provide uh, on demand services or software as service, then we kind of uh, uh, go toe to toe with a uh, large enterprises as well. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like uh, say uh, regular application development services if you are offering that we kind of go to to toe with the medium-sized enterprises okay so the competition is from medium all it's the whole spectrum is our competition depending upon what we are offering to what Hmm. prospect basically so that's how i would like to say define the competition
0: sure sure Tell me how many clients do you have today, and of those, how many are in India? Which are some marquee clients you'd like to mention, and you know, what is the attrition rate of clients?
1: Customer count-wise, we should have at least 250 plus customers, uh, basically. Lovely. I cannot mention the customer names because I need to get their permission to do that. Okay. That's our contract. Sure. And um, out of which, if you want to know the large enterprises, right? We have, uh, I would say, 15% of our customer base should be like large enterprises. And rest of them would be small to medium enterprises, mostly in the medium enterprise spaces where our strengths are being our size, we kind of fit well into the medium enterprise space basically. Hmm. Hmm. And um, our main customer base is US uh, uh, basically and uh, in India we have very few customers. And most of our, I would say 90-95% of our customer base is US, North America, basically US and Canada. Okay.
0: And uh, well, you have, uh, you know, a communications consultant in India. And obviously, what are your plans for India? I mean, do you, are you looking at growing the business or India, is India just a, you know, an outsourcing kind of a market for you?
1: Um, So, like I said, you look at the headcount, right? So, we are going to grow Mm. in India, basically, from people perspective. Mm. And the services that we are offering, they do suit for Indian uh, market as well, when it comes to dynamics and sales force and all of that. Mm. But again, it suits to the larger enterprises in India. Mm. So, we will get there. Plan is to get there as well.
0: Okay. So, essentially, you are looking at India as a, a future growth market. And you will be providing uh, your offering or pitching your services to enterprise level clients, right? Clients. So what is the marketing and sales kind of setup that you have in India? My question earlier was that is India, I mean, I think in the past India therefore might have been more of an outsourcing talent kind of, you know, tech talent kind of a place. How is that going to change?
1: um actually uh, the outsourcing tech talent kind of a thing is going to continue is what i think it's not really going to change right um india is getting much stronger um we used to do rudimentary application development to begin with okay right now we are doing a lot of product development in our country i see all the big Companies like Microsoft and Oracle and uh, you name it, any Apple and everybody, all of them, for example, geez, they have huge innovation labs in India. They, so from that perspective, the I would say India is growing differently. Uh, I don't want to use the word outsourcing here because we are creating a lot more value for a lot of global, large global players, basically. And outsourcing, yes, without outsourcing, it's going to continue though. Not that it's going to stop, but I think we have uh, we have transformed ourselves from offering regular application development and testing uh, services within uh, from our country to a bigger and better things right now.
0: Lovely. And what is the quality and level of expertise or ability in the tech talent that you've seen in India of late how has it grown and what would be your advice to you know youngsters who are who have the degrees that you require but how would you tell them to constantly keep bettering themselves two parts to the question one the quality today uh, and how it's improved and how does it compare and the second one is what would be your advice to anybody who wants to be in the space and is a tech or a young technocrat and how do they get better?
1: So, uh, quality-wise, um, I have to say, like, uh, we have improved uh, a lot. In India? In India, yes. We have improved a lot in India. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, the the, qual- the improvement in quality is uh, not just the institutions that are, institutions are departing a lot of knowledge to the kids. More focused um, degrees are available to suit the IT industry as well nowadays. Mm. Then, on top of it, a lot of large organizations and medium enterprises do a lot of training to kind of make the talent better hmm. so that is paying off um, a lot more so um, is that that's where uh, all enterprises like us invest in people processes as part of the learning and development huh. to kind of keep the talent latest and greatest basically right huh. and if you say what advice you want to give to the uh, pay, to the new talent or the existing talent again one thing uh, we do is like, we all want to get into, quickly get into managerial roles, basically, and the uh, world looks at us for more tech ladder of the organizations than on the management ladder of the organizations. Hmm. I think I see that change already happening. I see a lot of um, captives paying a lot of money for people who are, who are willing to grow on the tech ladder, basically. Okay, That's the approach that we're all taking.
0: Right. So, Mohan, what kind of companies are the ones that can really derive a lot of benefit from you? Of course, you're a very, you know, genre and sector agnostic service provider rather. But if you look at uh, the media, entertainment, broadcasting, agency, marketing and, you know, digital and outdoor kind of spaces or companies in India, uh, how would they benefit from what you provide?
1: I think, uh, uh, Pavan, we are like a very like you said, vertical agnostic basically. So sure. we are more a horizontal uh, based company. So we provide technical solutions. And um, since we are in the space of uh, CRM, customer relationship management, Salesforce and all of that stuff. So more on the sales and marketing side, which kind of applies across the board for all industries. Sure. So I don't want to say that we are kind of suited for a certain uh, sector as such basically. So we are uh, we are more of a horizontal based company.
0: In India, if you can't name the companies, at least tell me which are the most common or popular sectors or subsectors that your clients are from.
1: We automotive industry, mm-hmm. a little bit in the automotive industry, then a little bit in the uh, government sector are uh, two spaces that I can talk about basically. Okay,
0: all right, all right. Can you help me with, you know, one or two case studies of the kind of services that you've provided and how they've helped really turn around a company, brought in amazing efficiencies and, you know, because, you know, if I mean, I, I imagine that on a shop floor, of course, your intelligence is going to be really virtually live minute by minute. So that, you know, the least amount of inventories have to be stored and money, that much less money is blocked. And there is so much more in the kind of benefits that you will bring in, whether they're on processes or on security and systems and therefore output and efficiencies across the board. So give me a couple of uh, case studies, you know, one or two of the positive effect that your services from PreludeSys have had for your clients.
1: From the uh, uh, data analytics space, uh, specifically in one of the uh, retail sector, retail sector slash food industry, I would say, they had a lot of uh, data sitting in uh, multiple uh, data sources and then they were kind of uh, doing a lot of uh, reporting in multiple places, basically. So when we got in there, what we did is like with our integration expertise, we brought the uh, data together, we kind of brought the data together and then used our data uh, expertise to kind of put it all in a certain shape mm-hmm. and then kind of created reports that really helped the organizations to, uh, that particular organization to efficiently manage their inventory basically at a certain level. So that's that's one of the things that we did and then the efficiencies were really high and then we were appreciated for that by the customer as well
0: so any before and after percentage improvement
1: we did not talk about any percentage improvement as such before and after um uh, but i think the time that took to kind of get that information reduced significantly hmm. so if they were taking say like 72 hours to kind of put all the data together with the uh, integration and the data uh, service that we put together it was almost real time basically so data was getting moving from Place to place, and then like it was sitting in the main reporting database uh, by end of the day, and then the reports were there for the executives the next day to make some decisions. So more than percentage, it is the time is what we kind of saved there, basically. Okay. Let's talk
0: about the pandemic. It's the oldest question in the world now, even though it's only two years that the pandemic has been with us since. What were the challenges you faced during the pandemic? How did PreludeSys perform in those two years? Internationally, in India, how did you look after your employees and your clients? Did you grow? What was it all? Just Just talk to me. Tell me about the pandemic and how it impacted you all and how you all faced up to it. Where are you bound now?
1: Um, pandemic had pluses and minuses for us. Uh, I'll start with that. Mm-hmm. It was sudden. We all had to go back home from office and then start working. Mm. Took us a little bit to kind of uh, uh, figure things out. And we figured out pretty quick. So that kind of gave us a lot of confidence about the leadership we had, the people we had, the technology we were using and all of that. So that gave us a lot more positive feel basically even though we were sitting in the pandemic uh, period then uh, knowingly unknowingly we were also starting off a couple of business units during the same time which ones the dynamics uh, business unit and also the uh, pieces of uh, data and analytics as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it was early part of uh, 2020, 20, uh, end of 2020. So again, we did not stop anything. We were able to do what we wanted to do. We kind of did a lot of hiring basically to kind of build those two practices. So headcount wise, we grew during pandemic. So in the whole landscape of things, I would say there were teams that were that worked without any productivity loss. There were teams which could not work with 100% productivity. So there is no uh, saying no to that. So we constantly were figuring ways to make them productive. And um, uh, I think we have come a long way. I, I would say like um, the pandemic has uh, helped us to uh, kind of uh, create a balance. And then like uh, uh, we are at a point where we are doing hybrid working, where people come to office two days a week and rest um, uh, from home. So that's going to be the we're going to continue that, I think, for some more time. And we have figured out uh, to basically run our businesses like that.
0: By how much did your business grow or day grow during the pandemic?
1: Um, There was no degrowth uh, at all, Pawan, so business grew uh, I would say at least 20-25% during the pandemic period and uh, headcount wise we grew 30-35%. Okay. A reason for that is because we're investing in new uh, practices like I was telling and that needed new talent to be hired basically. So nobody actually lost a job at Preludesys? Nobody lost a job at Preludesys during pandemic basically.
0: Lovely, lovely, that's wonderful. What do you do on CSR, by the way? Do you do something at all?
1: Me, individually, I do some things. As an organization also, we do a few things. And um, we are tied up with a couple of uh, NGOs, basically. And then, like, we kind of help their projects, basically. But. Um, Uh, They're all like project-based. We don't do like a continuous engagement with any of the NGOs. you enable NGOs
0: to get digitally sort of more efficient and work better?
1: More rudimentary, uh, more on education, more on... uh, Okay. More on, uh, I would say, uh, education is one space where we have, I think we have kind of done our help help, basically.
0: What do you mean by education? Tell me a little more. What kind of stuff?
1: Um, In one of the cases a few years back we kind of uh, funded to build a school for an NGO Hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, right now as uh, as part of another NGO where we kind of help the uh, school kids basically to kind of uh, learn. Learn after school kind of uh, tutoring, if you want to say. So we kind of uh, do that mm-hmm. and also teach them about self-hygiene and things like that. Those are the NGOs that do all of this. We kind of are aligned with them. We kind of support them constantly and things like that.
0: So what do you do to, you know, you, you have this great place to work certification. And uh, that's now become virtually par for the course, frankly. I'm not taking away from the merit of actually getting that certification. That's really laudable uh but how did you go about ensuring that uh you know your people are uh, sort of they receive uh, the complete uh, benefits of you know a place to work that gets certified as great what goes into the whole process on on the place the uh infrastructure and the work culture how do you foster that you know so that you get the certification that you've got the certification
1: so Great Place to Work is not about the workspace anymore. Sure. It's about uh, the culture of the organization. And uh, Preludes is, um, is a learning organization, which has, uh, uh, which kind of grows employees, uh, basically, uh, uh, to suit the current market scenarios. Mm-hmm. We, tra- we, we do a lot of learning and development programs. Mm. We also are at par when it comes to all the benefits that we provide uh, for our employees. Mm. Then uh, uh, we also have a great uh, work-life balance that we kind of um, ensure that um, that's across all the teams. Hmm. Oh. So it, it, it's more to do with the with the uh, with the culture that we have, hmm. and we kind of uh, constantly keep in touch with our employees. Our HR department um, uh, has uh, 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 the, uh, the we, we call them uh, HR uh, point of contact, so they constantly keep in touch with our employees to make sure to. Um, uh, understand their needs to make sure they're all uh, they have everything that they need. so that's how we kind of make sure that we are a great place to work and uh, with digital coming in we are using tools basically that can bring all the employees together even though we are not in the office bring them together on certain occasions. we do town halls digitally hmm. uh, we keep our employees updated of, of the company's growth happenings everything uh, everything so that, that's what makes us a great place to work
0: lovely. How do you, what do you do to promote happiness in your company? How important is employee happiness for you? Do you measure happiness, you know?
1: We are starting to do that. I don't have a lot of data on that, but that's one thing that we have started to do. Mm-hmm. But again, we have other um, activities, a uh, lot of uh, lot of connect activities that happen. Uh, we have uh, a internal uh, branding activities that we do. Uh, where we bring employees together uh, to kind of uh, uh, make them feel uh, happy at work, basically, and also uh, and also otherwise. So we have started uh, doing stuff around it. But again, these are all not really measurable, measurable things. You kind of, uh, they are very, you need to constantly do them, you can't stop them. But you need to constantly do them to see the uh, results. I think we are in the right path when it comes to that. And then we are, we are doing good things there. Yeah.
0: Lovely. So, Chandramoan, tell me, how do you market preludes the services uh, to new clients in India?
1: Uh, Typically, we do a lot of uh, uh, digital marketing basically and then we do a lot of cold calling as well so where we have the identify the prospect list and then call the prospects hmm. and um, our websites are uh, current always they 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 kind of showcase the greatest and latest and then we shoot we do all the latest digital marketing uh, activities like seo acm May some places maybe use um, AdWords and things like that to kind of market produces across the globe. Yeah.
0: What are the important, let's say, kinds of, or well, not mediums, but what performance marketing elements do you use? What is your ATL versus BTL in terms of the marketing mix for digital? Okay, you said we do a lot of digital marketing. But when you mention SEM and SEO, that is hygiene, frankly. Mm -hmm. And AdWords, of course, is is, is strategically trying to get everybody on to you. And today, of course, uh, every digital marketing initiative has two objectives already built in. You know, one is not only customer awareness, but at the same time, customer acquisition. You know, (laughs) there's just that much of time to uh, tell somebody and then, you know, uh, sort of get them excited enough to say, I want to know more, I want to find out. So that definitely would be halfway towards customer acquisition. So what kind of platforms and you know pipelines of consumer or potential customer connect do you use? I mean, do you use LinkedIn? Do you use different kinds of social mediums and dark social? How, how do you reach out to your potential target audiences?
1: So, uh, from the platform perspective, we do use LinkedIn, we do use um, uh, Google Ads, we do use uh, Facebook, we are in Instagram, we are everywhere basically. Mm -hmm. Our marketing team does a wonderful job of uh, maintaining our presence there. And uh, we do a lot of email marketing, we use a lot of tools for that. Mm -hmm. And then we also do a lot of calling, like I said. So, these are all the aspects of it.
0: Okay. And uh, which, you know, from all of these, whether it's social media, marketing, whether it's uh, email, which one gives you the maximum ROI? Uh,
1: I look at all of these put together as one marketing. Uh, again, uh, we do uh, slice and dice, but connect to acquisition, right? The ratio, I, I think we see a lot more happening when it is an inbound a lead the, and outbound the ratios are lesser so that's uh that's what it is so the inbounds are typically from your email marketing or your LinkedIn marketing and things like that so that's where you keep doing your marketing and then somebody reaches out to you. hey i have i like you guys and then can talk kind of thing like so mm. so that's that, that's where we see a lot more traction and, and conversion as well okay
0: so chandramohan what about your service as a service offerings tell us about that because uh, that is an important part of uh, you know your bouquet.
1: Absolutely, Owen. Around 2014, 15 right when the cloud was becoming bigger, we innovated and then we said, "Hey, we have to come up with a different engagement model so that we can break in and then acquire a lot more customers." Hmm. And then that's where um, the leadership came up with a uh, service as service offering. We offered that in the name of Demand Blue. Okay, and looking at its success and uh, the kind of welcome it we got in the space. Back in 2020, we again started another uh, offering in the name of Demand Dynamics for Dynamics 365 customers.
0: So at what rate did Demand Blue grew? So
1: uh, Demand Blue grew uh, at the rate of uh, 75-80% year on year for the first five years. And uh, we are still continuing to grow at a much faster pace. And uh, looking at its success, like I said, we started Demand Dynamics Mm in 2020 and then there we have acquired already 25 customers basically within a short span of time
0: oh that's really wonderful and yeah like you said most of your customers are from north america and canada and you are setting your sights on india so when you look at india as a huge potential market of a lot of uh, customers uh, what are the most important which services of releases do you think will actually uh, get you the most customers here, in your estimation?
1: I would still think our bouquet of services kind of cover everything for an enterprise. I think everything fits the larger enterprises uh, and Hmm. we would bet on all of the services when we go to the larger enterprises basically.
0: Okay. Thank you, Chandramohan for being on the episode, I really enjoyed the conversation so far. Uh, What do you have to say about our little chat so far?
1: Oh, uh, Pawan! It was wonderful uh, chatting with you. Um, we do follow uh, media cast and uh, media brief uh, pretty regularly. It was a wonderful chat, and and then uh, your questions made me kind of think as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: You're most welcome, Chandra Mohan. His friends call him PC, and I think I will now also call you PC because <laughs> we've had this conversation, and I hope to continue this a professional relationship as a friendship. So thank you very much, Chandra Parlapalli, PC, co-founder and COO of Proluteses. And thank you very much indeed, Sukhata Deshpande from Perfect Relations for having made this interaction possible. Chandra Mohan Parlapali, co founder and CEO of PreludeSys, was my distinguished guest on this episode of MediaCast, the podcast series from MediaBrief.com. I hope you found this conversation insightful. I did. Till we meet again in the next episode of MediaCast, the podcast series from MediaBrief.com. I'm your host and friend, Pavanar Chavla, saying, Take care, stay safe, bye bye.